And welcome back to another episode of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed, and I am joined on this lovely Friday by my always great and consistent co-host, Jonah Tolls. Jonah, how's everything going, man? Everything's going great. It looks like we're previewing some bowl games today, my friend. It's that kind of year again. So we always say this is the best time of the year, and it's not just because of the holidays, but it is because of bowl season as well, and bowl games officially do start today, and we do have some exciting games that we're going to get into here in a second, and that really is the topic of today's show. We're going to go through most of the weekend bowl games and just talk about some of the players that are intriguing in each, and I actually do have an article up on the Draft Network right now going through the entire weekend and going through every single uh, prospects that is every single prospect that is playing uh, this weekend and just some of the guys to keep an eye on. So uh, the very first game, bowl game, I should say, of the week, it is today at 2 o'clock. A bit of an interesting start time, but they are in the Bahamas, so it does make sense. And the Makers won a Bahamas Bowl. It is Buffalo against Charlotte. We are both big fans of some of the prospects that Charlotte does have on the roster I know Alex Highsmith is another guy that you were talking about this week that is a bit intriguing. Uh, Cam Clark is one guy that, you know, I've been intrigued by after watching him against Clemson. And then Benny LeMay, the running back from Charlotte, definitely is an intriguing prospect as well. So who are some other guys you definitely have your eye on in this game? Yeah, I mean, the, mainly the guys you talked about right there. I mean, two, two guys I'm really keeping an eye on are Benny LeMay, the running back, and I think, you know, obviously Alex Highsmith, the edge rusher. When I watch Alex Highsmith, I expect I expect to see a guy. You remember Marcus Davenport coming out last year, or a couple of years ago at UTSA, where yeah. he was dominating the small school competition. And w- but it was mostly with just like his physical traits, right? It was just like he just wanted power, speed, and really nothing else. Just really a raw player, um, but just so much more physically gifted than his competition. I expected Highsmith, who has 14 and a half sacks this year, to look on tape the same way Davenport looked at UTSA, just physically dominating his competition. Alex Highsmith physically dominated them, but this guy has a technical skill set that not a lot of people know about. This guy has a lot of moves in his arsenal as a pass rusher, and he's an unpredictable pass rush package. I'm a big fan of Alex Highsmith. He did a Euro cross chop against, oh, who who did he do it against? He did it against, I think, Middle Tennessee or someone on that line. And goodness gracious, this guy has some moves, dude. And I, I would not be surprised if he ends up jumping into the top 100 conversation here very soon especially once we get through the pre-draft cycle in the combine and when I was, I think he's going to blow it up. This guy has a rocked up frame and this guy is an athlete. I'm a big fan of Alex Highsmith and I've made that well known on Twitter in recent weeks. Uh, Benny LeMay to me, I've only seen glimpses of him, but man, he, he, I like kind of like the intangible aspect that he he has. Some of the traits you really can't teach, right? The vision, the patience. This is a guy that's, you know, really calculated as a runner. And I think he can rise into that late day three conversation. It's all going to depend on whether or not he can jump into a uh, a bowl game or anything like that in the pre-draft cycle. Yeah, and I'm with you with Highsmith. And he's had a breakout season uh, this year. And I believe he hasn't recorded uh, over three sacks prior to this year. And then he blew up with 14 and a half this year. And I believe he's third in the country or second in the country right now, somewhere along those lines. So he's really having a breakout year this year. Uh, was kind of surprised that he wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl. But I think he's definitely one of those guys that could definitely get a call up after the East-West Shrine game. 
uh, very similar to what we've seen out of some players last year just because I think he has a skill set that definitely deserves or is worthy of being at the Senior Bowl. So that game was a bit of a surprise to me, but he definitely is one guy that I think could get the call up. Um, just down on subject with Benny LeMay, a bit undersized, but he is a guy that does put you in the mind of kind of like a Darren Sproles type of runner. Uh, he is a little bit bigger than Darren Sproles as far as height-wise, but he has that thick stature that you talk about uh, that is associated with Sproles, and they move uh, like the squirmy is kind of like the best way really to describe <laughs> it. Uh, that's really the best way to describe it with him, yeah. but he has he has really good vision. I uh, love what he offers out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well, so Benny LeMay definitely is a name to keep an eye on. But Cameron Clark, man, I'm a big fan of him. Love what he showed against Clemson. Uh, he, he's not a notable name as far as how Highsmith and LeMay may be, but I think he could end up being the best of the bunch once we go through uh, some of these postseason All-Star games. He is a guy that definitely has already been invited to the East-West Shrine game as well, and I think he could flourish in that type of environment just because of his traits. He, he's athletic, a bit undersized for a tackle, about 6'4", 295 pounds, so he may have to slide inside to guard, but I love what he has been able to display uh, while holding down that post at left tackle for the 49ers. So I'm excited about him and see how he performs in this game and also on the postseason bowl circuit as well. So, uh, Highsmith, did you have anything more to add on him? Man, th- this guy just has heavy, heavy hands. And I love just the – that's the thing with small school prospects. A lot of them just win based on their natural gifts, their physical domination. Highsmith wins in a lot of ways that are really technical. And I hope he doesn't get labeled as like a Marcus Davenport kind of player who just wins solely off his athleticism because that's not true. This guy's a lot more technically refined than Davenport coming out of UTSA. I think Davenport's more naturally gifted, of course. Longer guy, I think stronger. But Heisman's a guy that is more technically sound coming out, and I think he has a lot more moves in his arsenal. I feel getting credit for. He reminds me quite a bit. Do you remember O'Shane Zimenez coming out? Yes, Old Dominion. He- he reminds me quite a bit of him. Now, Highsmith, I think he's he's about five pounds lighter than what Zimenez was coming out. I believe right. Zimenez was right around like 255, and Highsmith is around uh, 245 or 250. So a very similar size in a sense, but I think Highsmith is a little bit smaller than what Zimenez was coming out. Right. But as far as how they win and then the position that they really translate to as far as schematically, I think they are very similar. Yeah, I think you have to worry about a little bit about the length. The length is going to be the biggest thing. I think it's the biggest biggest reason why it's out of the Senior Bowl. I think when you look yeah. at the Senior Bowl and who's there, you look at all the edge rushers that have accepted an invite, it's all these long, big pass rushers. And guys with, like, physical traits. And I'm not saying Heisman doesn't have physical traits. He's a good athlete. But it's just like you said with Zimenez. Zimenez is a guy who lacked length, and that's why he fell down the board. Because if, if Zimenez had 34, 35-inch arms, he probably wouldn't have been a first, second-round pick just because of what he did in college. But because of those lack of physical traits, he kind of fell down the board. I think Heisman can fall down the board as well. So if you're looking for a reason why Heisman's not at the Senior Bowl, I think you have to point it to uh, either his, his overall size or his length. I think that's probably the most basic answer uh, that everybody uh, is probably seeking with that just because, you know, it doesn't have the length. And I think you're spot on with that as far as the reason why he's not at the Senior Bowl and why he hasn't been highly coveted by some of the scouts so far this year. So, uh, keep an eye on that game. That is the first one actually kicking off bowl season. But the next game and the night game is the one that everybody is going to have their eyes on. And it's Utah State against Kent State. Kent State comes into the game with the 120th ranked defense in the FBS. Yikes. And this is the type of game that Jordan Love needs 
really to springboard himself into, uh, you know, contention to be maybe a first-round prospect going into April. He's already declared for the draft, and he's already accepted his senior bowl invitation. But he did have a bit of a hiccup and a stain on his resume. We know about the marijuana possession charge that he did get uh, a couple of days ago with that. So um, that's an unfortunate situation for him, but it's one that maybe he can't shake off. But it's, it's something that he'll have to answer to during the pre-draft process. But this is a big game for him, man. And I just want to see him go out on top and play well. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to do that. And this is the defense that I think he should be able to take advantage of just because Kent State is really bad on defense. And he needs that type of confidence boost and great game going into, you know, the pre-draft process. So Jordan Love definitely is one name to keep an eye on in this game. Tipa Galea, the defensive end, is another one, of course, to keep an eye on. Uh, unfortunately, David Woodward got hurt earlier in the year. He definitely will be another name to keep an eye on in this game. But Tipa Galea and Jordan Love are definitely probably the two biggest names to keep an eye on. In this game, Kent State doesn't have any, doesn't really have any draft prospects this year that's worthy of keeping an eye on in this game. So, Jordan Love, I know you talked about a guy that he makes you a bit nervous. He gives you some Deshaun Kaiser-like vibes, but just this game, what are you looking to see from him? I just want to see him check the boxes. You know, this is his last you know game before the Senior Bowl. If he plays the Senior Bowl, he might end up dropping out as well. So we see a lot of top prospects do that in recent years. So this is his last chance. This could be his last chance to you know show scouts what he has. And you know, I really you know recommend him going through with the Senior Bowl because that's only going to help him. But he needs to just check the boxes here. You can't throw two, three, four interceptions this game. I, he's, this guy has made bad decisions all year. He's been inconsistent with, with his, uh, his pocket presence most of the year as well. You can blame that on a myriad of things, whether it's coaching, offensive line, lack of weapons, whatever it may be. But Jordan Love has been a little bit erratic this year. And what we need from him to do is just calm down and just check the box in this game. And he doesn't need to throw for 400, 500 yards. And I know Kent State defense sucks, but it, 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 if he could just check the boxes and kind of just, you know, show scout Here's a couple of flashes of my arm talent, ball play, something like that. He'd be perfectly fine. This Kent State game really shouldn't have much, unless he plays absolutely terrible. This Kent State game won't have too much impact on his draft stock. The Senior Bowl will have a much more profound impact. But as long as he doesn't just fail this game, then it shouldn't have too much of an impact. I think a lot of people just want to see him be competent and just string together four quarters of good football. That's something that he hasn't been able to do a whole bunch this year. And he's been so up and down. And we just want to see that guy from 2018 return. And he just hasn't been the same player that we were accustomed to seeing a couple years ago when he threw 32 touchdowns with six interceptions. But And this year, I believe, it's 17 to 16 as far as his ratio, touchdown to interception ratio. So he's taking a massive step back this year. And then you add in the off-the-field situation that just happened. And hopefully he's able to overcome that. I keep saying that just because I think he's a guy that definitely could end up going in the first round, whether we like it or not, just because of the peaks that he has shown throughout his play. And not only last year, but this year as well, there's going to be some team that probably falls in love with him, especially when they see him spin it down at the Senior Bowl as well. So Jordan Love definitely is one name that is probably the headliner name of the weekend, I would say, uh, just because he's probably the – I think he's going to be the highest-ranked player that is playing this weekend on a lot of boards. And thank God we get to see him play right away. And just because I think it's going to be good for him, especially with the situation that did happen, uh, for him to move on past that as well. So Jordan Love, I'm going to be all in on that. 
uh, today, I should say, at 7 o'clock. So make sure to tune in to that. But before we move on, I want to remind you guys, or our listeners, I should say, about Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Again, that's Casper.com slash LockedNFL, and that's L-O-C-K-E-D-N-F-L. But if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So, continuing on talking about the bowl games for the weekend. I love this action-packed slate for this weekend, and I think this is probably the most underrated matchup of the weekend. And it is Liberty against Georgia Southern. And the the individual matchup in this game I love is between Antonio Gandy-Golden, the receiver, and the cornerback, Kendall Vildor. Have you been able to watch either one of those guys yet? Yes. I have both of them actually. Both are going to be at the Senior Bowl actually yes. as well. So I, yeah. I've already started to do some prep work for the Senior Bowl. And both these guys popped up on my radar. Both of which because you wrote about them for the Draft Network as part of your FCS spotlight. And you know, Gandy Golden is just you know, one of your big receivers who can go up and get it at the catch point. I mean, you look at his ball skills; it's you know right there near the top of this class. I mean, you look at guys like Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr. Antonio Gandy Golden's ball skills are right there. This guy, if you throw a jump ball, he's probably coming down with it. I mean, I like to call people like call 50-50 balls. I like to call Antonio Antonio Gandy Golden the 90-10 receiver. You throw the ball his direction, but 90% of the time he's gonna come down with it. Uh, the big thing you're gonna wonder with him is separation, and that's where I think you get the big test with Kendall Vildor, who I think is a has a really good uh, man coverage skill set. Vildor almost reminds me a little bit of Corey Ballantyne coming out of Washburn last year where a good man covers skill set, but super physical as well. I, I, I like just that part of his game. I can't wait to see him at Mobile against the higher-level competition, um, players like Pittman Jr., Denzel Mims, Brian Edwards, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, uh, yeah, this is by far the best individual matchup of this game. And I can't wait to see both in Mobile. This is going to be a good preview. Of hopefully, we might see things that come in Mobile. It is two very competitive individuals as well. And just talking to Vildor this summer, you really just you could really feel just how competitive he is. He actually was voted as the preseason defensive player of the year in the Sunbelt Conference. So uh, he ended up being a second team guy, I believe. That's where he ended up this year. So not as good of a season as he was hoping, but he still had a really good year in a sense. And that's evident just because he was still invited to Mobile and ended up accepting his invitation down there. So I'm excited to see both of those guys compete. But I think you're spot on with Gandy Golden. He put up gaudy numbers this year, 1,333 receiving yards, which was third best in the country uh, through this point. So just putting up ridiculously high numbers, nine touchdowns as well. But the separation factor, I think that's the biggest thing that he is going to have to answer. Uh, this all, or I should say, this bowl season, and also during the postseason uh, All Star Game circuit as well. But he's going to have a prime opportunity to do that, going against guys, you know, alongside Vildor, Jeff Gladney, uh, some other guys that's going to be up in his face. Christian Fulton. He's going to have ample amounts of opportunities to prove that he can separate himself, not only from this cornerback class, but also some of the competition that he's going to be facing. 
as well. So I'm excited about Gandy Golden, just seeing him in this game. I think he has a chance to really, really stamp his resume in his final game at Liberty. So keep an eye on that matchup. I definitely think it is probably the most intriguing head-to-head matchup as far as individual prospects, uh, one-on-one between him and Vildor. And I'm really excited about that matchup. But uh, the next matchup that we're going to get into is SMU at FAU. And I think the best prospect in this game is Harrison Bryant, the tight end from FAU. I am a big fan of Harrison Bryant. And I put up a clip of him uh, about two or three days ago of just him doing it all. And he was voted as the John Mackey Award recipient this year. And that's awarded to the best tight end in the country. And it just goes to show you that he is a do-it-all type of guy. I think he had uh, 1,005 or four yards or something this year, something like that, and over 60 receptions and seven touchdowns. And how about this for a stat? In FAU's 19-year history as a football program, he's the first person ever to receive a national award. That, mm. That's pretty That's pretty remarkable, considering, you know, it's still kind of an upstart program just now being in the game for 20 years and him receiving that type of notoriety. And Bucky Brooks actually came out and tweeted about him as well, just talking about how, how great of a do-it-all chess piece that he really is. So I'm excited about him, and he's one guy that's – He's not going to look the best as far as in one-on-one situations and things of that nature, but he loves doing the dirty work. He's not scared to get his hands dirty and be a blocker. Uh, he, he can go out and give you the receiving production as well, and I just like his all-around skill set. And I think as far as a second tight end on the depth chart, I think he's probably going to be as good as it gets. And let me ask you this, because I think, to me, Hunter Bryant separated himself as the top tight end in this class with this year this year. Um but with guys like Pinkney, Hopkins, I mean, Okwabuna, who is from Missouri, they have a little bit more down years as a senior, a little more disappointing. They have traits, but they didn't have the year Harrison Bryant did. And to me, Harrison Bryant has the traits uh, of those, that those guys have as well. So, like, do you think Harrison Bryant can rise up in this draft a little bit? Same Kind of similar how Adam Shaheen rose a couple of years ago after his uh, pre-draft cycle. Because I think at the Senior Bowl, Harrison Bryant is going to be the best tight end there in terms of completeness, blocking, catching the ball, uh, just consistency at the catch point, route running. I think to me, Harrison Bryant is not really doesn't have really have a master of any trait, but he's a jack of all trades kind of guy. I think I could plug him in as a traditional tight end more so than a guy like Bryson Hopkins, Jared Pinkney, or Albert O. So it's just one of those things where I think Harrison Bryant can really, really rise with a strong senior bowl and then a strong combine as well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's really going to separate him from a lot of people in this class just because you have guys that really specialize in certain areas. You have, you know, your receiving tight ends or you have strictly your blocking tight ends. But I think just how versatile his skill set is is both a receiving threat and a blocking threat. I think that's really where he separates himself. And I think he's a much better blocker than guys like Hunter Bryan and, you know, Bryson Hopkins and things of that nature. And even Albert Okawigbanam, in a sense, just because I think he took a massive step back this year for, you know, multiple reasons and injuries being one of them. He just wasn't healthy this year. But uh, I think Harrison Bryan had a really good year this year, man. And don't be surprised if he starts to enter, you know, some of the top three tight ends in this class. And He, he I was my number three tight end. I, I yeah, I do not be surprised by that. At all, I think I have him as my. He might be my third tight end, third or fourth tight end right yeah. now. I'm not exactly He's third sure. Third behind but. Pinkney and Bryant, or Bryant yeah. first, Pinkney second, and Bryant's third. But Bryant can easily rise over Pinkney with a better Senior Bowl. 
I think once people like actually see him down at Mobile and see like the type of versatility that he brings to the table, I think he's going to be a riser. And go he's just go watch him against Oklahoma. Yeah, go watch him against Oklahoma. I mean, he put on a show against Oklahoma that probably was the best competition that they faced this year. And he really stood out in that game. And it wasn't just as a receiver. It was a blocker as well. And that's something that you want to see, especially when they're playing against the best competition of the year. Just how did they rise to the occasion in that game? And Bryant definitely did do that. So I'm really excited about him. He's probably going to be one of, end up being one of my guys from this year as far as my favorite draft prospect. So really excited to see him down in Mobile. Definitely one of my red star guys, a red dot guys that I'm going to have a red dot beside to check out down there as well. So uh, did you have anything else to add to this game as far as some other prospects who might be playing in this game? Um, just the SMU wide receivers. I mean, you got uh, Proche and yeah. uh, Rob and Roberson. Mm-hmm. I know Roberson uh, decided he's going to return back to school, but Roberson has a unique NFL skill set as a deep ball guy. So, uh, yeah, that's someone to watch in 2021. And Proche, I'm not sure if he's accepted the bowl game. It probably not the Senior Bowl. Probably some more NFL PA or East West. But uh, he could be a day three guy as well. Definitely agree with that. We will have an eye on these SMU receivers. But before we move on and finish up with Boise State and Washington and Appalachian State and UAB for our bowl recaps or our bowl previews, I, I should say, here's a quick word from our sponsors. All right, and we are back finishing up with some of our bowl game previews. Uh, for today's show and if you are not aware bowl season does actually kick off today we have already recapped or preview i should say i keep saying recap but we have already (laughs) previewed buffalo and charlotte which kicks off at 2 p.m eastern time today utah state and kent state kick off at 7 30 p.m eastern time tonight so two intriguing bowl games and then on saturday we have central michigan and san diego state at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and then we've already talked about Liberty and Georgia Southern at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, between Antonio Gandy-Golden and also Kendall Vildor. We're really excited about the individual matchup. And then the game we previewed before the break was SMU and FAU, which kicks off at 3.30 Eastern Time. So moving on to finishing up with Saturday Slate, I should say, we have Boise State and Washington, and I think this is the one game that contains probably the most a headline of prospects, you have Jacob Eason, a Curtis Weaver, Trey Adams, John Hightower. There's so many intriguing players in this game, but I think all eyes are definitely going to be on the two players that I named in Jacob Eason and Curtis Weaver. And we touched on Curtis Weaver a bit in our earlier show on Thursday and that just what we thought of him and that we want to see him be a bit more involved as far as, you know, outside on the edge. And I looked up his stats today and we talked about how most of his production has came against lowly competition he had four sacks against Portland State, which is the FCS opponent, and that really has contributed a lot to his 13 and a half this year. So we want to see him be a bit more involved in this game. And Washington has a really tough offensive line led by Trey Adams. Also, Nick Harris as well. I can't believe I forgot about him, another player that we're huge fans of as well. So he's going to be faced with a huge, huge test in this game. So Curtis Weaver definitely is one guy we'll have an eye on. Jacob Beeson. He's still yet to declare and decide what he wants to do, whether he's coming out for the draft or going back to school. So we'll see what does happen with that. So what's something that you're looking forward to in this matchup? Yeah, so I think one of the headlines in this game is So like Hunter Bryant's not going to be playing this game. 
Uh, Trey Adams is going to be playing this game. We're going to have a Luke matchup. That would have looked really good um, before the pre-draft cycle. Um, but I guess, I guess now the attention turns to uh, Nick Harris. Nick Harris going up against his Boise State defensive front. His Boise State young oak, um, it was also led by Curtis Weaver. We might have some Curtis Weavers and Nick, we- Nick Harris and reps. Because Curtis Weaver does uh, shift inside uh, some, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to see John Hightower, the Boise State wide receiver. I'm not sure if he might be a late senior bowl invite. Um, he's probably more likely for an east-west, but he might get a call-up. Uh, you know, Washington secondary, they're one of those teams that is CBU, man. Uh, in that top five CBU conversation. So, and they always turning out freshmen. Uh, they have a guy named Miles Bryant who's a good nickel player. So I'd like to see some reps between Washington, Washington's talented secondary against Hightower. Kind of get a little preview of what to see from Hightower in the pre-draft cycle. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's, I mean Aaron Fuller as well, another senior wide receiver. I think he's going to the NFLPA game. Another uh, smooth route runner. Kind of like, you know, Dante Pettis coming out last, uh, two years ago. It's kind of like a free trial version of uh, Dante Pettis. Um, so you're going to have a couple of interesting prospects here. But I think that real headline here is Hunter Bryant and Trey Adams, two of Washington's best prospects, sitting out this game. So we'll probably get robbed of the Curtis Weaver matchup with Trey Adams. But uh, hopefully we can see some Nick Harris's Weaver matchups inside. Yeah, and there's a lot of intriguing matchups in this game, and I can't believe I forgot to say Hunter Bryant. Um, we'll see what he does do if he does end up playing or anything. But has he said he's sitting out already of this game? Yes. He yeah, did, yeah. okay. So Hunter Bryant and Trey Adams both announced it about last week. I must have missed that. I know Hunter Bryant did declare, but I missed it uh, with Trey Adams. But that's really unfortunate just because I was looking forward to the matchup between uh, Curtis Weaver and Trey Adams and also Nick Harris as well. So, uh, Boise, you know, they have John Hightower. I'm really excited about him. You know, he's a down-the-field threat, very explosive, very twitchy, can make you miss in space, really electric. I like what he brings to the table. Makes the, He puts a lot of stress on defense, especially vertically. So he's one guy that definitely could break this game open as well. So moving on to our final matchup and another one that I am excited about to see some of their guys play, and that's Appalachian State against UAB. The nightcap on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Akeem Davis Gaither is one guy that we're both huge fans of. We love what he brings to the table as far as his skill set. Very twitchy, very rangy, loose hips, fantastic in coverage, and he's your ideal wheel linebacker. But they also have some other intriguing prospects as well. Victor Johnson, the left tackle, is one guy that I have identified as very intriguing. And also Darrington Evans, who showed up really well with three touchdowns in the Sun Belt Championship game against Louisiana Lafayette a couple weeks ago as well. So Appalachian State going for their 13th win of the year. And I'm excited to see this team play just because they are a local team for me as far as North Carolina. So I always have to cheer on the fellow North Carolina teams, but it's always cool to see them really owning the state in a sense. They have victories over North Carolina and also South Carolina as well. So they're probably the best program in the state right now, which is crazy to say, but they have some intriguing prospects as well. But just going back to Akeem Davis-Gaither, just touching on him briefly, just what are some things you like about him and what do you want to see from him in this game? I think the the number one uh, you know thing that stands out most about ADG is his versatility. He can be a chess piece defender. You can move him all around the field. Uh, he can be you know a, a linebacker on early downs, and he can be kind of a box you know cover guy on third down. So I think he really fits what today's base nickel defense is. Um, it's very similar to a guy like Hamza Nazaldine, where I think he has the same sort of frame. It's not as long as Nazaldine, but he has the same sort of frame to where you can play him at safety linebacker, kind of move him all around. And I love his range, sideline to sideline speed, um, instincts off the charts, tackling. 
that this guy really has a lot of traits you look for in today's move linebacker. So I'm a big fan of Akibidis Gaither. He made my top 100, and I think he's my sixth overall linebacker on my board. Uh, shallow linebacker class, but he can really rise with a big game here against UAB and obviously a big senior bowl as well. So uh, keep an eye on Davis Gaither. But a guy from UAB I want to touch on is Garrett Marino, the defensive tackle. And not a lot, no relation to Joe Marino, but uh, <laughs> they kind of look similar. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I had to ask myself real quick, is he related to Joe? But no, so Garrett, this guy has nine and a half sacks over the past two years, six this year. Uh, I know Jim Nagy, the director of Senior Bowl, has been talking him up a little bit in the regular season. Not sure if he's going to get a Senior Bowl call-up, but this guy has a chance to really turn some heads. I know scouts are some buzzing over this guy. Uh, just his motor, relentless effort. This guy is a quick penetrator up, up the field, a one-gap-and-go guy. Um, I, I think he can make his way as a three-technique. Um, so, yeah, I, this guy's someone to watch as well in this game, see if he can create some disruption and maybe you know parlay that into the momentum and getting a Senior Bowl invite. Definitely. Um, this is probably the one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most. And man, I'm really excited about this weekend slate of games, and I'm just happy to see football back on TV. Just because it feels like forever since we've seen college football on TV, and I know it's only been a week, but I'm just happy to see it back on TV. And we're seeing some of these guys play in their final collegiate game, so we know they're gonna leave it all out on the field. But uh, once again, I'm excited about this slate, and that is our show for today. And just we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Locked On College Football Podcast and allowing us to give you a preview of the weekend slate of college football action. So I am your host, Jordan Reed, alongside my always great co-host, Jonah Tools. We are the Locked On College Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, tell a friend to tell a friend to check out the podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure to spread the word about the pro- about the podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back on Monday.